a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Never seen the sky so blue. The birds are singing, I got nothing to do. Hey, 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 hey. Mm, it's a sunny day. Sunny day now. My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare. But call me illogical, I just don't care. Hey, hey, hey. hey. It's just a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. And actually, it's Tim Hughes in for Maria Chaleos today, and we were saying. Which- I love doing the show with Maria, but having you back on the show has been a pleasure. You know, what? surprise week this week. You and I have stayed in communication with each other through uh, text and, and emails occasionally, which has been fun. But we haven't had a chance to see each other. I don't expect you to get up at three in the morning to come see me in Salt Lake, and you don't expect me to get up on Saturday morning no. either. But it, it's kind of like slipping on an old comfortable yeah. shoe. So it is, and it's been fun doing it. Maria brings a lot in, but the dynamics that come in are always it's fun. To to be doing the show again with you. We said earlier, because she's finishing up a cruise, and I think this last stop was in Venice, we said uh, hopefully she's not paying attention to what's going here, but she must have been included on an email because she's a little upset that Brian scheduled this broadcast while she was gone. I mean, this this is like the Disneyland of flowers right now, and she's gone the one week. But, yeah, it is gorgeous here. So I said, look, if I have to endure your photos of Venice, I'm sending you photos of what I'm looking at. So suffer right along with me today. <laughs> um, before we bring uh, Kenton into the conversation, we, we can always tell when there's a movement of bugs or uh, of a disease or something because it dominates phone calls and questions on the text line. Uh, one of them is uh, the peach tree boar. The other seems to be grubs. It is. It's time to get the grub killer down on your lawn. If you've had problems in the past then it's time to apply, go to a local garden center and get that down. But I will mention, you know, I don't want to sit here. Sometimes we talk about chemicals so much, I feel like I need to take a shower (laughs) and when we're done. But, you know, grubs are more likely to get into lawns that are overly maintained. So if they're fertilized too much, mowed too low, watered a little too much, those are the lawns that are just like a golden corral buffet. Hmm. Because the grass is less able to tolerate and fight those grubs off. And so because they're less able, those are the ones that you see where people are like, well, I was doing so much to keep this so healthy. And what it actually is doing is, even though it's dark green, it's unhealthy and not able to fight those off. And so the overly maintained lawns are more likely to get grubs. But... Uh, the treatment of them is fairly easy, and uh, I was going to have you walk us through that. When I've done uh, the grub control, which should be done probably every year, but I don't, and I'm going to do that soon, is it a granular application? Is it a spray? Is it it's both? usually granular, 
but you can also get sprays if you prefer to do that. Sometimes those sprays need to be watered in after you've apl- you have applied them. But there's several different products out there. If you're trying to keep things as safe as possible in your yard, Scott's makes a product called GrubX that has, it's not organic, but it is very reduced risk. It's acelaprin is the active ingredient, and it lasts the entire season. You'll pay a bit more, but Scott's has the best reduced risk product on the market right now. And by the way, it takes care of much more than just grubs. It does. Sod web worms, uh, chinch bugs, anything that chews on your lawns, generally these will knock out. And so the ones at the garden centers are usually have merit in them, which is another one. Sometimes those need to be reapplied in mid-July because our alkaline soils break that down a little faster. And so it's more of a month and a half, two months instead of season long, but it is time to get those down. And one other thing I'll mention is that over the last four or five years, we've had a new pest come in called cranberry girdler or subterranean sod webworm. And it doesn't really start, doesn't start attacking your lawn until August and September. And so people will say, oh, I put a preventative down and I've got this. And they're a species of sod webworm, but they feed a lot deeper. Yeah. And they're more aggressive. And so you have to really keep an eye out. You may have to do a second application to keep those at bay because they can decimate a lawn pretty quickly. Yeah. All right, let's bring uh, Kenton Phillips into the conversation here. He's with us from Olson's, and we're at the research uh, garden in Santaquin, right at 350 West and 200 South. You didn't have to guess when this thing kicked off because people are lined up coming in. 10 o'clock, everybody started showing up. Obviously, that helps because everybody's listening to the to the garden show. And so we welcome you out. I think this is probably the first time that we've ever done the, the garden show down here in Santaquin. No, we've been not? in Salem a few times, yeah, but not over but not here. not here in Santaquin. And so, Ton... I, I don't know if you know about this mountain right here to your to your left that you can look up and see. That's actually called Dry Mountain. Yeah. And it doesn't look too dry, but uh, we welcome you out this morning. We we call this our Jack and Nola Ray Trial Research Garden here at Olson's Greenhouse. You're right in their backyard where it actually started. You can see some of the original Quonsets right over here. Uh, that actually started in the 1960s. And now the, the children, the grandchildren, and even some great-grandchildren are are helping to run the business. But uh, we love our trial garden. We're actually able to open this up. And we are one of a few growers in the nation with Home Depot that does a trial program. And so we're able to get with the breeders, the growers, and and, and be able to get their plants, their starts, their seeds, and actually grow things uh, before it goes to market. And so one one of the things that I really like to talk about is that if you want the newest, the latest, the greatest of, of the plants that's out there, go shop at Home Depot. And the ones that are going to be most likely to thrive in your backyard. Exactly. Because exactly. they were grown right here. Because we've done grown research. and trialed. Yes. So we do uh, perennials on the perimeter. Some of those are in their second, third year of growth. And we just let them grow and, and take shape so that it's we, we know what it's going to look like when it gets to your yard. Yeah. Uh, today you're going to get a chance, too, to vote on your favorites, which is a big part of the research for you guys. Correct. You were mentioning Home Depot. Most people, and we usually have to educate them on this, and I'm not surprised that the flowers they're buying at Home Depot are actually Olson's Garden. A- absolutely. Uh, Grown in Santa Quinn and Salem. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and we ship to everywhere, all the Intermountain West. 
Yeah, Brian uh, was telling me, and I don't remember how many trucks a day actually head down the road from you guys. In mid-May, we get up to about 50 trucks a day. That's crazy. That are headed not just yeah. to Utah, but Arizona, uh, too? We go to, we go to Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, uh, parts of Nebraska, parts of Kansas, Colorado, wow. New Mexico, wow. here in Utah. Yeah. Before we transition over to calls and texts and i wanted to just encourage people to come out to the hidden garden tour all the Absolutely. money's going to the ron and mcdonald home so all the proceeds nobody's making money and you get to see eight wonderful homes in from springville to santa quinn plus the trial garden plus here our trial garden. and i would just put a plug in for southern utah county you know people assume that anything south of springville or spanish fork is cow country <laughs> it is but it is but I would dare say that besides maybe Box Elder County, Santa Quinn is probably in Payson a little bit or the last agricultural community Absolutely. on the Wasatch Front. Santa Quinn does a lot to preserve the orchard land. They've got Olsons here with a huge operation. But there's things to do locally that you just don't see all over the news. You know, we've got the Hidden Garden Tour going on. You know, I'll put a little plug in for the Red Barn because it's in Santa Quinn. The Parade of Homes is Parade going on Parade of Homes is going well. on. So there's actually much more to do down here than you would think. But come visit us yep. and enjoy the feel of a rural community and help support the Ronald McDonald House. Absolutely. And please don't forget, I know Brian talked about it earlier. Anybody that comes to, to the tour today on ours gets a raffle ticket. The raffle ticket puts you in for a $500 shopping spree at our greenhouse in Salem and a self-guided tour. I don't know by who, but I'll be there. And my guess is none of the other locations have taco trucks, but we do. Absolutely. (laughs) We're the only one that has a taco truck and soon to have a churro truck. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. Here's the address again, 350 West, 200 South in Santa Quinn. I now know why Ton's uh, blood pressure is better than mine. Your home is about two miles from here. It is. This is the first time I've ever gotten up at 7 o'clock to come to the greenhouse show. <laughs> it's the easiest I know commute you've even, ever had. You're even worse on the weekdays. You're up at 3.30, but to get up to studio, I'm up at 5.15. Yeah. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll do that. More of the greenhouse coming up in a minute. I promise, Earl, your call is going to be first on the other side of this break, so don't go away. We'll then get Lori in and Ed in all before we get a news update coming up on the half hour. Go to hiddengarden.org or come see us here in Santa Quinn. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the KSL Greenhouse. So much fun uh, to be uh, One of the reasons we like it, Ton, first of all, it helps because if people bring a problem plant to you, you can actually look at it firsthand. But secondly, old friends come by to say hi. They do. We've been seeing a lot of people come by saying, hey, I haven't seen you in years, or we're glad you're down here. Yeah. So if you, we've got a half hour or so left, 40 minutes, and we would love to see anybody, you know, if you have plant samples or just... Want to come say hi? Come do that. This place is hopping today in Santa Quinn. We're at the uh, uh, research garden for Olson's greenhouse, uh, part of the Hidden Garden tour today. And information is available at uh, hiddengarden.org. I promised Earl that we would get him in here, and Lori and Ed are still standing by. So, Earl, go ahead with your question for Ton. You're in Riverton. 
you got you're good for the promise anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've been waiting about fifteen twenty minutes, but that's I, all right. I know you I, have. Um, we have some foster plants, and they're getting eaten up. And it's not on the edges; it's in the middle of the leaves. And she's she's a hairdresser, so she gets all this unqualified advice. So I thought I'd try you guys to see if you had some Wait, other advice. Let me let me guess. There's people telling her to put hair around the hostas. <laughs> no, they're. I'm not they, joking. Everything, every, everything but hairspray. <laughs> yeah, you know, I if you use the hairspray, well, we won't even go there. But uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, have, yeah, we don't want to get in trouble with her. <laughs> no. So I suspect that it could be a couple of different things. Grasshoppers love hostas, but also slugs no and snails. So slugs okay, and snails will it. eat the middle of the leaf, leaf out, and so the area may be a little bit wet. Hostas are riparian plants in the wild and grow in more moist soil. And so you might need to dry it out a bit. But there are several different products you can put down. One of them that is organic is called Sluggo, S-L-U-G-G-O. And it's pet safe and kid safe. It's just iron phosphate, I believe. So you could try Sluggo and that may help out. But... um, just go ahead and do an internet search of USU and slugs and snails, and it'll bring up a fact sheet. But sluggo would be something you can try, and there's some higher octane stuff out there if it doesn't work. But sluggo usually does a good job. Well, one way to tell is to get up when I get up in the morning about 3 o'clock and go out there with a flashlight. That's usually when they're doing their feeding. Yeah, it is. And I had some neighbors that had animals, that dogs, and they would let the dogs out, and they had learned to actually bite these off of the plants and the dogs so that would be breakfast with they these, eat these. them yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, ah, but the dogs well, you know, she, one of her, one of her best tips that she's had is their um ladies telling them to put out some beer and i thought well we'll drink it and then well, we won't worry about the won't worry about the slug if you're gonna do that and not drink it get like keystones or something that aren't i don't drink but I would just recommend I, maybe we could try if we and, could have a good excuse. Yeah, but my grandpa was a very religious person, and you know he was very stickler on things. But he would go get a case of keystones in his garage, and he'd put little Dixie cups in the soil, almost like golf tee cups, and he'd fill them up with beer, and it did work for him. They crawl in and drown. Yeah, they they drowned happy, but they do drown. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we're not going to get in any trouble with what we've done so far. So, yeah, she's no. It's, and the thing about it is, we didn't have any snails or anything like that till we got some plants from. I hate to say, Mill Creek Garden. The geraniums had snails in it, like you wouldn't believe. Hmm. And we brought home snails. Yeah. So, well, Earl, but, hopefully know, that helps. Uh, yeah, it does. It'll it'll be some confirmation. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right, uh, Earl, thanks for the call. And I was just thinking that might not be weird. If they were French poodles, they'd be into escargot, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would be. <laughs> so if the neighbors have French poodles, well, one thing I will say, I don't want to point Mill Creek out as being like no. someplace that you get pests or anything, any garden center, any retail location. It's just good policy to check the plants before you bring them home. And if you find that they're loaded with slugs and snails, let the garden center know, and they'll do something about yeah. it. And make sure you clean them off before. Yeah, put them in the and ground. if you do bring them home, maybe quarantine them to get them cleaned up. Yeah, But, yeah, that can be common at any garden center. I know for a while there was a company in the Northwest that was shipping trees, and with by 
the you'd have bare soil in the pots, but by midsummer they were filled with equisetum, which is horrendous to get rid of. And I know a lot of garden centers had to stop doing business, but that's pretty common yeah. in the nursery industry, and you just need to check things ahead of time. Let's go to Farmington and talk to Lori, see if we can help you here. Lori, hi. Is Lori still there? Yeah, turn your radio down in the background, Lori. Uh, we're on a bit of a delay, and that'll help you uh, be oh, able to have sorry. a better conversation. There you go. All right, uh, you've got a tomato problem. Have we lost, Can you Lori? Hear me now? Yes. Yep, we got you. Hello. Yep, Lori, you're there. Okay, great. Um, okay, so I'm calling about my tomatoes, and it seems a little early for tomatoes to be having problems, but. Mine, every one of them, I looked at them yesterday, and the leaves are curling, not like Versilium wilt. It doesn't look like that. But out of 15 plants, all but two have got curling leaves on the top, and they look kind of jagged. Okay. So I'll have you look up two things online. The okay. One of them is physiological leaf roll. Several tomato varieties are really common when they get exposed to hot temperatures. The leaves curl as a water-saving strategy. And also Uh um, curly top is the other one. So physiological leaf roll and curly top. Those are the two conditions. One of them's a disease that cause those tomatoes to curl up like that. Now, there could be 2,4-D damage if someone used a lawn weed killer, even the neighbors, that could drift into your yard if it was, you know, in the mid-80s and windy. So you might want to look up 2,4-D damage, too. What's... Let's see. You are in Farmington. Farmington. Farmington, yeah. So if those three things don't turn out to be what the problem is, uh, the Davis County Extension has a diagnostic clinic, and you could email Sheridan Hansen if you just do a search on USU Extension Davis County. You can email Sheridan okay. to find out when they do their diagnostic clinic and bring those samples in. And so on your tomatoes, just with that information, when did it start? Um, just in the last few days. Few days. And has anybody, you know, have sprayed a lawn weed killer? Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, my neighbor doesn't spray at all. And, um, yeah, I don't think so. I, okay. I have a lot of trees of heaven above me. Those, do they have man, anything to do are, with it? Those are named very uh, ironically, aren't they? I know, but they are. At any rate, um, tree, tree, of heaven, tree of Heaven wouldn't do anything. And so oh, okay. I would look at the physiological leaf roll, and maybe it's about the time of year that the uh, curly top starts showing up. And what does she do if that's the case? If it's curly top, there's nothing you can do. If it oh, is, really? yeah, you have to pull them out. And it's early enough uh, that you could replant. But before you do that, get some samples over to Sheridan's Clinic. Okay. All right. That's All as right. good as we can do for you this morning, Lori. Good luck. Great. Uh, That's not very good news. <laughs> I know. Uh, but let us know what you find out. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you. We've got to take a break. We've got news on the half hour. When we come back, uh, Kenton Phillips is here with us, and we'll talk more about where we're at and what's going on today, how you can enjoy this first-time opportunity ever to be inside the research garden for Olson's Greenhouse here in Santa Cruz. We're at 350 West 200 South. It's part of the Hidden Garden Tour today that is now open from Springville to Santa Quinn. Go to hiddengarden.org. 
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.